from the desperation of American dieters. I've lost 20 pounds and still lose up to 15 pounds in two weeks and got off the diet roller coaster for good. To the zealotry of the so-called healthy food movement. It's like whole body, whole life. Like it encompasses your way of life. I put my faith and trust in Whole Foods that they're going to give me the best products that are out there. It's easy to support a company that has the same values that I do. That's an actual commercial from the organic food giant Whole Foods, where if you're not doing yoga in the checkout line, you might feel a bit out of place. But the growth of places like Whole Foods is part of a national trend. U.S. sales of organic food and beverages have grown from a billion dollars in 1990 to $26.7 billion in 2010. Growth last year in the organic and healthy food sector, as it's called, was 8%, while just 1% for the industry overall. Americans have been choosing healthy at a growth rate of 5% a year or more for more than a decade. And over the past 30 years, Americans' per capita consumption of red meat has fallen by more than 20 pounds a year. We drink less than a third of the amount of whole milk we did in 1980 and almost twice the amount of skim milk. How are we all feeling? I am healthier this year than I was last year. I avoid meat, cow milk, cheese, and basically everything that's processed. I don't eat, drink any more sodas. I don't eat anything that comes in a box, a bag, very little that comes in a can, except for the occasional beans and tomatoes. Uh, basically, I live almost exclusively on organic fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. And it was really hard at first, but now I can't imagine having it any other way. Thanks there to Kent in Edmond, Oklahoma. That's where he's making those healthy choices. He's got some uh, healthy choices in his diet, but while more than $26 billion goes to organics, here's an economic fact. You really, this puts it all in reality. The entire food market in America is a $630 billion business. $26 billion versus $630 billion. Are we healthier with more healthy food options these days? Michael Moss is author of Salt, Sugar, Fat, joins me now in the studio, investigative reporter, former for the, uh, for the uh, New York Times. Michael, welcome. Thank you. So, uh, first of all, when you were writing this book, Salt, Sugar, Fat, I can recall uh, being out with you on a couple of occasions and you rolling your eyes with just uh, the extent of the revelations you were learning about how the food industry really locks people in. Um, it seems to me that the growth of the healthy food industry represents some of the same marketing successes of the processed food industry. Give me a sense of what are these two industries, or are they just one? Well, we could start with one character in the book, the former president of Coca-Cola North America, Jeffrey Dunn, who was one of the top warriors at Coca-Cola in marketing soda to kids and teens, etc. He worked there for 20 years and was one of the heir apparents to the top spot in the company. He had a change of heart in 2000 and today left the company. Today, he is trying to market fresh carrots as junk food, or rather using a page of the playbook from the soda industry to sell fresh vegetables and fruits, which we all know we should be eating more of, in a really attractive way that isn't done now. He's trying to level the playing field in the grocery store for us. And I think that's a really brilliant uh, thing that could could totally change the direction of, of eating. And if you listen to what our listener was saying there, he, there's a real tangible sense of feeling healthier. If you could create an addiction to that, it would be transformative. I want to point to a place in your book where you really talk about how in the processed food industry, um, people who work in these companies have very little in common frequently with their audience, according to one of your sources. They're super educated. Their incomes are much higher. Their lifestyles are frequently very different. 
They're the folks that invent things for the middle of the market. The people who make the processed food don't eat the processed food, and therein lies the class issue that really goes with the food industry in America. That was Bob Drain saying that the inventor of the Lunchables, an icon, and as it turns out, his own daughter doesn't feed Lunchables to her kids wanting to provide healthier lunches for them. And he was just one of a number of executives I talked to with that situation. Um, other executives you know, don't eat their own processed foods. It's not part of their lives. If they're high enough in the company, they have personal trainers. But they know better because you know salt, sugar, and fat, the three pillars, the holy grail of the processed food industry, they know that their scientists are driving as hard as they can to reach those perfect amounts that will send us over the moon. And even when we want to go to the fresh veggies and fruit aisle – we're pulled to the center of the grocery store where the most loaded products are. Well, how much of an uphill battle is it? How much of a headwind is there in marketing terms uh, to make healthy choices, even though with the kinds of numbers that Whole Foods and the sector is making, there are options out there? I can see the uphill battle every time I get up. My two boys, 8 and 13, have cravings for sugar like every kid. Every taste – all the 10,000 taste buds in your mouth are geared towards sugar. And my wife Eve has you know, struggled to sort of deal with that. And she, for example, has arbitrarily set a limit of the kids. Hey, guys, 5 grams sugar or less per serving of cereal. And it's really interesting when you engage the kids on that because they get it. They're smart. They don't want to be obese or otherwise ill. So when they go to the grocery store now, it's, a, it's an Easter egg hunt for them. They look for the plain Cheerios or, or my kids are liking Total these days. I may have to reach low or high to get those cereals because the ones at eye level tend to be the sugary ones. But, you know, that is sort of one solution that we're working through in my family. Yet in all classes, in all communities, that's not possible. We've talked a lot about food deserts on this program. In, in many ways, processed food is the low-hanging fruit, to use a bad metaphor, yeah. for uh, people in yeah. uh, middle incomes. Yeah, I went to a neighborhood in Philadelphia, one of the poorest and used to be one of the violent, where school principal is struggling with low grades. But the first thing she did coming to the school was to go to the corner stores that ring the school and plead with them to stop selling junk food to the kids. She's not in a food desert. She's in a food swamp. And the kids are coming to school jittery, unfocused, unable to pay attention. And I thought that was just an amazing situation where these people with parents, she got the parents to stand outside the grocery store to try to deflect the kids from going in because they were coming out with sodas, chips, Snack cakes, everything that was mm. was poor for their health and poor for their for their mental powers. Snack rhymes with the word crack. Interesting, eh? So let's stay with this idea. Is the growth of healthy food options in America having a tangible effect? Are you healthier, feeling healthier? High school lunches have ensured that the answer is certainly no. Yeah, I weigh more and care less. That's how things have changed since last year. That's Matthew in Dallas, Texas, and uh, Annalisa, two uh, takeaway listeners who we posed the question to, are you feeling healthier than you were a year ago? And if so, why? And if not, why? You figure the Oregonians are ahead of us all on healthy choices. Listen to this. I stopped eating meat and limited my dairy. I try to walk instead of drive. I'm also trying to practice emotional health by staying honest and giving sincere apologizing to those I might have hurt or offended. Communication is key from an Oregonian listener. 
Lara writes on Facebook, I started Weight Watchers, took up interval running, completed my first half marathon this past weekend. I'm a vegetarian, and I limit my dairy and uh, fat, high-fat foods. Yes, I am healthier, says Kathy from Michigan. I started a weight loss program that allowed me to lower my blood pressure, and now I don't take medication for it any longer. Sugar intake, which has helped cut down my sweet tooth, I feel better than ever. Finally got off the cycle of endless uh, artificial sweeteners, stopped using margarine when I realized, you know, just how awful it is, um, and started using uh, butter instead. I use less, I feel better, uh, and I feel absolutely amazing. That's Kate in Wichita, Kansas. We're with uh, Michael Moss here in the studio, author of Salt, Sugar, and Fat. Those are uh, virtuous sentiments on the part of our listeners, but uh, they're a minority. Well, I'm actually hearing, you know, from in reaction to the book that's come out, I'm, I'm hearing this theme consistently. Americans are really starting to care more and more about what they're putting into their bodies and coming with all kinds of strategies for dealing with that. And I think the f- processed food industry is feeling the pressure like never before. You know, from Augusta, Georgia, here's what a listener said to us, which I think uh, is in common with a lot of people uh, who listen to this program and who are Americans. Sadly, no, I don't feel healthier. With the addition of overtime and going to school, cheap, bad calories are easier and more convenient. That's no accident. Boy, I hear you on that, too. I mean, that's one of the issues with convenient processed foods is they're so convenient and they're so low priced. And I happen to know that the White House, for example, is looking at ways to level the playing field on prices in the grocery stores. So it doesn't cost us more to buy the fresh fruits and vegetables and less processed meats that everybody says we should be we should be doing. Is that a subsidy question or is it an economy of scale question? They, they do say that organic prices are coming down because the market is getting bigger, but still, does it need a subsidy to get parity with processed food? I think it may be a shift in subsidy question because you look at all the subsidies that go into processed Ah. foods. The idea is if we can move some of those over to fresh fruits and vegetables, we're going to level the playing field more that way. And that's a little bit more about high fructose corn syrup subsidies for the uh, corn industry, that sort of thing. There you go. All right. uh, Here's another uh, interesting uh, sentiment before we go. A lot of food, processed food, is targeted at young people, at students. Here's a student in Florida who says, I'm stressed out. I can't manage to stick to a healthy diet because of school. I need junk food in order to continue studying when I feel like passing out. Junk food and soda really keep me going. Boy, we have it really, our priorities skewed for young people. You know, every of the 10,000 taste buds in your mouth is geared to sugar. Fat is so alluring. Salt as well. I mean, you really have to empathize with anybody who's under stress in their life because that leads to what's called mindless eating, hand-to-mouth, not paying attention, and compulsiveness eating. Does the industry want that, the processed food industry? Do they really want that? They make a convincing argument that they never intended to make America obese or otherwise ill, that they consider nutrition to be one of their fundamentals with convenience and price. But when you get inside and you listen to these scientists and you look at their internal memos, they're driving a taste. And again, it's salt, sugar, and fat for them. Michael Moss, author of Salt, Sugar, and Fat. If you feel healthier than you did a year ago or less healthy than you did a year ago, tell us why at 877-8-MY-TAKE. Thanks, Michael. There's a lot going on right now. Mounting economic inequality, threats to democracy, environmental disaster, the sour stench of chaos in the air. 
I'm Brooke Gladstone, host of WNYC's On the Media. Want to understand the reasons and the meanings of the narratives that led us here and maybe how to head them off at the pass? That's On the Media's specialty. Take a listen wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>